0: listening to sermons as we go about our days driving around or doing our work is a perfect reminder of our lord's promises and of his mercies this is the mission of upper room media to make the word of god accessible to anybody and everybody all right welcome back everyone so nice to be back here in light and life sharing together this is a place where we all grow together, and, and and I love this place because this is where I feel we as a community really grow together. We pray together, we get to know one another. So so welcome back. Hope everybody had a blessed uh, uh, feast of the Nativity, feast of the Epiphany. Today is the second day of the feast of the Epiphany, in which the Lord was baptized. A lot of people don't know what is the big deal about Jesus being baptized. Something very special you have to understand that man, when he had sinned, when Adam had sinned had lost the Holy Spirit. Adam had received the Holy Spirit. God blew into him the Holy Spirit. And then when he sinned, he lost the Holy Spirit. And it was no longer dwelling in man. But when Jesus came and took our human form, was, was baptized, once again, the, that man received, our human nature received the Holy Spirit and dwelt in him. So as the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, it's not like, okay, big deal. He's already God and he has everything. No, it was our human nature once again receive the Holy Spirit. So it's the best news for us. It's the greatest feast because we can now uh, once again be in fellowship with God. We are going to start a, I believe it's a three week series on heroes of the desert. We like to constantly talk about our desert fathers. It is the pride of our Coptic church. It is the pride of who we are. One time actually I was in in a Greek monastery and I remember I was visiting a Greek monastery and we were sitting in the dining room and one of the youth asked a question to one of the the father's there and he says, Do you ever think like our two churches are gonna become, you know, like one? And the priest basically they told him if the Coptic people ask you any questions, just don't answer because we're not necessarily in communion. And we're sitting in this dining room, and I see on the wall they have beautiful icons. And there was one wall of Saint Anthony and Saint Macarius of Egypt and Saint Mary of Egypt and Saint Arsenius and all of our blessed fathers. And I said, By the way, those are all my grandparents. That's like Giddo and Teta, right, on the wall. Those are my grandparents. We take pride in our desert spirituality as Copts, and we should learn from their lives and understand the beauty. So the reason why we chose this season is because um, this week, we're gonna, last week we celebrated the Feast of St. Macarius. We will celebrate the Feast of Saints Maximos and Dumedios this week, and St. Anthony and St. Paula the First Hermit. So because it's a season of all of their feasts, I think it's only important that we um, learn more about them. I'm going to speak about one of my favorite saints in the church, and it's Abba Macarius. The word Macarius in Greek means uh, blessed or happy, the one that is blessed or happy. And St. Macarius, he was um, born of two very righteous Christian parents who uh, lived a very, very holy life, and God had given them this son, Macarius. As he grew, he was a young, righteous man in the village. He was a very young boy, actually. And one of the villagers took St. Macarius, ordained him as their priest, and he served as a priest in the village Well, he wanted to be a monk. But before that, actually, his parents wanted him to get married. So they forced St. Macarius to get married, and he didn't want to get married, but like, he had to obey his parents. So they made this arranged marriage. They kind of threw him in a house and said, all right, like, go live together. And Saint Macarius started to pretend like he was sick, and he was like laying on the bed like he was dead. And, and she was like, "What's wrong with you, man?" And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay. I need to go into town to run some business. He went away for a little bit, and God revealed to him to go back because his wife had died. Okay, God had wanted to show to give him the desire of his heart that he wanted to be a monk, and it was meant for him to be a monk. And actually, um, God had prophesied to his parents. So any of you people that are trying to get out of your marriage, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go do some business in another city, you never know. So he comes back, finds his wife dead, ends up, you know, the people in the village, they take him, they ordain him as a priest, he's serving, he doesn't want to be a priest in the village, he goes and lives in another village silently, and this is where our story is going to begin. So... He was living kind of like a hermit in the the outskirts of the city, and they knew that he was a holy man living a very righteous life of prayer. And one day, there was a young woman who met up with her boyfriend in some, I don't know, hotel or something. They fell in sin. She got pregnant, and they said, what are we going to do? They said, you know what? Blame it on the monk of the outskirts of the city, and they're probably going to kill him, and this whole story will like kind of just disappear and we can kind of move on with our life and I'll figure out how I can say I'll take care of you in your pregnancy." So well, She does that. Her parents say, what happened to you and what became of you and how did you get pregnant? She said, I went to go meet that monk on the outside of the city and when I went there, he's the one that got me pregnant. So they said, okay, the whole city went out to him and grabbed him and beat him very, 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 very aggressively And they shamed him, and they insulted him so publicly in front of all of society. And he said, I I didn't do anything. They said, you're a liar, whatever. And even the elders, like some of the elder monks in the area, or the spiritual men in the area, they said, this is a man living righteous in our whole, like, everybody knows he's a holy man. But then they said, okay, look, St. Macario says, like, I didn't do anything. They said, we are not going to let you go. You are going to have to take care of this woman, and we need a, an assurance that you're going to take care of this woman and her child. And then what happens? His disciple says, okay, send me as like a, like a earnest deposit. Basically, leave me with them, and that, that's to prove that you're going to not run away. You're going to take care of this woman and her child. And this is what St. Macarius says. He says, He says, O oh Macarius, you, uh, I'm going to say it right now. Oh Macarius, now you have a wife and a child to take care of. I want you to imagine you are Macarius. You're innocent. You haven't done anything. And all of a sudden you hear that they falsely accused you and they're punishing you and you have to do all this work and he says, "Oh Macarius, you now have taken for yourself a wife and a child. Now you must work to provide for them." And he would go and sew baskets and so he would sew baskets and and do like handy work, okay? And they would go sell the baskets in the city and that was enough to take care of him just to provide enough food for him to live. Well, he had to do double the work to pay for the woman and the child to take care of him. After a long story, a woman comes to deliver the baby as she's in, de, in, in de, having a delivery. She spends three days in extreme pain and misery and the baby is not willing to come out. And the parents are like, what's wrong? What's happening? Tell us, did you do something? Is there some reason why you are being uh, punished by the Lord in this? She said, yes, I have sinned greatly. I did not sin with that monk. It was, you know, so-and-so, the boyfriend, and I have falsely accused the monk. Finally, because of that, she confessed. She was able to deliver the baby. The whole village went out to go and praise St. Macarius. They were like out to go say, we have have, have falsely accused you. We have tormented you. So please, as soon as they started to go, his disciple, St. Macarius's disciple said, Macarius, isn't this great news? Finally, God has revealed your holiness. He says, let us flee to the next village. The disciple says, why? Finally, everyone's going to come apolog- apologize to you. He says this. He says, we can handle the insults of men, but we cannot endure the praises of men. Imagine, he's saying, They were insulting and beating and and tarnished his name. He says, we can handle that. We can deal with that. But if they come and start praising me and telling me that you're a saint and a righteous man and you endured all of this, how great you are, he says, we won't be able to endure that. He's saying, he's teaching a lesson about how the praises of others are very, very, very dangerous to the soul. They're very dangerous to the soul. He says, even insults are beneficial to you. When you receive insults, what does the Lord Jesus says? Blessed are you when they persecute you and revile you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So even Jesus says, blessed are you when they falsely accuse you. But all of a sudden when he finds out that he's going to get praised, he says, what's going to happen to my soul? How many of us think like this? How many of us think like, I am afraid for the pride of my soul because this is the sin of Satan himself. That Satan himself has fallen in the sin of pride and he fell from being an angel and now he is in hell forever for being proud. So St. Macarius told his disciple, let us go and flee. Let's get out of here because if they praise us, that could lead us to the destruction of our soul. I want you to think about how many times we want to feed our egos. How often we seek feeding our egos. That somebody would tell me that, oh, you are such a good mother, or you are a very good husband, or you're a great student, or you're an excellent engineer, or you're a wonderful priest, or I benefit from this, or you do this. All these praises are for the destruction of your soul. The enemy sends these people after you, in order to bring down your soul. I love this virtue in St. Macarius. Number one, not only did he just get falsely accused, but he decided, I'm not only falsely accused, but I'm going to take care of her. Because she doesn't have anyone to take care of her and her child. He says, oh Macarius, you have found yourself a wife. What? Are you kidding me? You're going to take care of this evil woman. You know that you are completely innocent. Do you see the great humility and the responsibility that he took for the person that falsely accused him? These things that we're talking about, you might say, okay, what does that matter to us? If the saints who are have excelled in a great spirituality and commitment to God, do we struggle at all to live according to the commandments of Jesus? Recently, my spiritual father told me, he said, Abuna, I want you to read Matthew chapter 5 to 7 every single day. He said, why? Because it's the Sermon on the Mount, and these are the teachings of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus about loving our enemies, about not judging, about going the second mile, about turning the other cheek. Right? All of these teachings of Jesus are in the Sermon on the Mount. He's saying, he said, Abuna, because it's important that Christ's heart becomes your heart and this is my challenge to the church today it is important that christ's heart becomes your heart it's no longer look we go to church we're here to bible study i read my bible at home i read spiritual books i say some prayers on christmas i give to the homeless like all of these things are great but that is not enough that saint macarius is not only just like enduring insults but takes upon himself the 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 responsibility of caring for the one that attacked him. What is this? What is this heart? I want you to think about how bent out of shape we become when somebody insults us. What do they say? Oh, when a Paul thinks he's whatever, or they say, you are, you know, the town gossip, or this woman is inappropriate, or this person who is, you know, you know, their life is messed up because of the person that they are and their personality, and that's why everybody like hates them, and that's why I know all these insults, we get so bent out of shape, we can't even handle it, but here, the saints have taught us this beautiful example, Then listen to the next thing that happens to St. Macarius. All of a sudden, one of the cherub, one of the cherubim appeared to him. And when he saw this vision, it says that he was almost left half dead from the sight of the glory of seeing this angel. He couldn't imagine. And this is what the angel had told him. He asked, who are you? And he said, I am one of the cherubs of the Lord. When the cherub raised him, he told him, he says, you have done well in patiently enduring temptation to the end in order that through your efforts you might learn little by little and be proven in the battles or those spiritual wars waged both by demons and people that the Lord is going to allow to tempt you. Pay attention to this. The cherubim are telling him the enemy is fighting you and he is waging a war by demons and by people. Your wife that is nagging you or your in-laws that are bothering you or your, the friend in your, your circle that is all of a sudden pushing all of your buttons and you can't deal with them? Here, the cherub or this angel is telling him, by the way, the cherubim are very fearful. They're very fearful to see. Like, I want you to imagine, there's like six wings and eyes all over the wings. It's a very, very fearful sight. So that's why he, he almost dropped dead. And he's listening to them. Listen to what he says. He says, waged both by demons and people, that the Lord is going to allow to tempt you. Therefore, complete the service you have begun that has been entrusted to you and receive that will make you pure and strong and get ready tonight to leave here quickly and go to live in the place that was shown you by the Lord. So when Macarius had fled, the cherub said, we're going to go to another city. And this is what he says. He says, I will come to you here tonight and will leave at night. Do not be afraid of anything. The Lord has commanded me not only to tell you to leave here, but also to be with you in the place the Lord has shown you until what you have heard spoken to you is fulfilled. For God has decided to make you the father of a multitude by the calling of spiritual children. I have been ordered by God to serve the people that you will gather together in accordance with the decision of my God. I will serve them in secret until the end of days. What's happening here? The cherubim is saying, I am committed to helping you accomplish the mission that God has prepared for you. I want you to think that if God calls you to something, whatever it may be, whatever way that God wants to use you in a special way, God is not going to call you and say, hey, I want you to um, marry into this cross, or I want you to endure this sickness or i want you to serve as in this capacity or to become a, whatever it may be the cherub is telling him he says look god is sending me to ensure that your mission is fulfilled so a lot of us we think when god is calling us like this is too much god you're asking too much of me the cherub is saying i'm here to make sure that you know that i'm going to be with you for god has decided to make you the father of a multitude by the calling of spiritual children I have been ordered by God to serve the people that you will gather together. You know, like whenever I think in my ministry, say, Lord, it's too hard. What do I do? I forget. I mean, I haven't had a cherub appear to me before, but I could only imagine how much God is saying, I'm sending the angels to go and to serve with you. That when you go into this hard, difficult circumstance, I'm sending my angels. That when you go to reconcile with your brother, I'm sending the angels with you. That I'm sending all of heaven to support you in your mission of doing what is God, what God is asking you to do. I want you to think about maybe what God has asked you to do that you feel is too hard. I can't do that, Lord. It's, you're asking too much of me. Imagine that he's saying, God has ordered me to be with you. And he says, I will serve them, the monks that were going to follow him into the desert, in secret until the end of days. Unbelievable. All right. One time, the devil appeared to him and said this. One day, Abba Macarius was passed one time through the valley to his cell carrying some palm branches, and the devil met him on the path with a scythe. He tried to strike the saint. See, so you see this picture of the devil appearing to St. Macarius. He tried to strike him. But was unable to, Unset, said to him, you are, and said to him, you are powerful, Macarius. I can't do anything against you. I would love to know what Macarius did. That the devil told him, you are so powerful, I can't do anything against you. Listen to what he said he said you fast i don't eat anything at all this is the devil speaking you keep vigil i don't sleep at all there's only one thing at which you'd bet that you are better than me to him and he said that to him what is that the devil said to him it's your humility on account of your humility there's nothing i can do to you can you imagine that when we acquire the virtue of humility by the way humility is the complete opposite of everything that society tells you to have. Nobody can tell you that. Be all that you can be. You are great. You are this. You are that. And all of these great, great things that we try to pursue. How many people within the church try to pursue humility, smallness, nothingness, to be forgotten? As St. Macarius fled on that day when they were going to praise him, Because he wants to be forgotten. I don't want to be able to be fought with. Your biggest enemy is not the devil. It's your ego. It's your own selfishness. And so St. Macarius is saying, he says, you fast all day, the devil doesn't even eat. You pray all night, I don't sleep. He says, the one thing I can never defeat you is because of what? Your humility. Do you see why? Sometimes God permits in your life Difficult times to humble you. I want you to think about maybe something that God has humbled you by. Maybe one of your mistakes was exposed at work and you're the person that you know messed up on the project and everything went, went, went down sour. And all of a sudden now, you are ashamed of yourself. And because everybody knows that you are the reason why we lost this project. Or you are the reason that our kid is now uh, uh, acting this way. Whatever it may be. Do you ever think that maybe God is permitting you to learn humility? Because if you become proud, the devil will never have mercy on you. The devil, you will be the devil's playground and he will destroy your life completely. If you feel like you cannot overcome the temptations that the devil is putting against you, ask yourself if you're humble. If you can't defeat Satan, Maybe God has permitted for you to continue to fall in the same sin over it. Maybe you have a habit. You have an addiction. And every day you're like, Abuna, I have prayed, I have cried, I have fasted, I have confessed, I've done everything I could possibly do to overcome this terrible habit. What do I do? Maybe God is saying, God is permitting you to be under this war and to keep falling. Because he wants you to realize that you are dust. You're nothing. You are nothing. And when you can become nothing, the Bible says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. He's against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Imagine the devil is telling you on account of your humility, there's nothing I can do to you. Really? Do you strip the devil of all of his power when you're humble? So, What is humility? It is important for humility. It doesn't just come like this. It has to be pursued. It has to be something that we constantly like, try. I wake up in the morning. Okay, who's going to do the dishes? I'm going to do the dishes. Who's going to shovel the snow? I'm going to shovel the snow. Who is going to change the diaper? I'm going to change the diaper. Who's going to go out in a grocery shopping when it's cold outside? I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm nothing. I have no right. I have no rights. I know, I realize what I'm saying here is very hard. It's not very easy. And it's something that is killing the self. So tomorrow, if your husband says, did you hear what what Paul said? Huh? Show us what you got. It's a journey. It's a journey. Like maybe we want to be humble. It's hard. But it's a journey. And we have to ask God. And this is why the church Gives you 210 days of fasting. Why? Because every day you are telling the ego and the self you don't get what you want. Isn't there a benefit to that? Isn't there a benefit to tell this monster inside of me, no. Who are you? To be able to have a cheeseburger or whatever. Who are you? You're nothing. God wants us to have that. One time, there was a... Just show you how humble... Saint Macarius was. Saint Macarius went to a young man who was like taking care of his like cow and he said "Um, what should I do if I'm hungry? He said you should eat. He says I do that and I'm still hungry. He says then eat more. He says I I, I do that and I'm still hungry. I keep on eating and I still keep getting hungry and so the man, the, the young boy that was taking care of a cow, he says then you're not a human, you're a donkey and he says you know what? You're right. You say like St. Macarius, the great desert father who has thousands of monks under him. This young man is telling him, then you're a donkey. And he says, you know what? You're right. He has no self. He has no ego. He has no like, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know like I'm St. Macarius? You see all thousands of those monks in there? That, those are my children. I teach them how to fight against demons. And he just takes these insults and learns from them. One time Abba Macarius, listen to this. He heard a voice calling him to flee into the inner desert. He heard a voice saying, "Go into the inner desert, and there's so much that you'll learn more about God." You know what he did? St. Macarius spent five years battling that thought. St. Macarius, the desert father who is living a holy life, heard a voice saying, "Go into the deep desert, and this is where you'll discover more about God." You know what he did for those five years? He was testing this thought. How do I know it's not from a demon? How do I know that the devil is not trying to lead me astray? So he spent five years trying to figure out, is this thought in my head from God or not? I want to ask you. You get a job promotion, a, a, a job offer, and you're like, God loves me. He has given this to me. Let me take it because they're going to pay me $20,000 more a year. And you jump into it thinking, who else is giving me this, this raise? I've been praying for it. We need the money. Our family's going through. And I jump in, and it's like the biggest trial from the devil to destroy my whole family. Maybe I'm working extra hours. Maybe um, I become obsessed with my position, with my title. And it's a gift the devil has wrapped very nicely and says, go for it. I want you to think of how impulsive you are to run after the things that you think are from God. St. Anthony says the first and most important virtue that you must have is discernment. Discernment or is like lefraz or tamiz. Or to be able to discern Okay, to know if this is from God or not from God. How many of God's people are just, the devil throws anything at them, they take it, oh, this boy has fallen in love with you, this must be from God. This beautiful girl is the girl of your dreams, you should marry her. And you jump right into these things, and what happens? It's a trick from the devil. A simple voice entered into his mind, and he wrestled with the thought, for five years, St. Macarius, It's like, don't you know God's will for your life? Even St. Macarius doesn't just jump into things. But it makes me happy, and it seems like a great idea, and so many other monks have done it, and it'll work, and it's great. No. Let me discern, is this from God or not from God? How many of you have made so many impulsive decisions that you've jumped into something, and it was never from God? To buy this thing or to travel to this place or to marry that person or to, to take this job or to do whatever you thought was from God, it turned out to be the biggest deception from the enemy. God's people should be wise as serpents. God's people should be wise as serpents. They know ah, this is a trick from the devil. Be careful. You see, the devil is after us. If he can make sure, he can't do anything to God. But he can do, if you want to hurt me, hurt me. But don't hurt my children. If You want to hurt me, hurt me. But don't hurt my children. If you go after my children, you are, are getting to the depths of my heart. Right? And that's exactly what the devil's doing. He's going after, he says, all right, God, I can't do anything to you. I'm going after your children. And I'll make sure that none of them are going to be with you in eternity. And I will be after them day after day after day. There's a story that I want to read to you about Abba Macarius and this man named, named Theopentis. Listen to this. Abba Macarius was watching the road one time when he saw Satan approaching, dressed like a traveler, wearing a linen tunic full of holes. From each hole there hung a pot. So he's, holding a, he's wearing like a garment. And there's holes, and in every hole in his uh, garment is hanging a pot. Abba Macarius asked him, where are you going? What are you going to do with those pots? The devil answered, I'm on my way to stir up the brother's thoughts. I'm taking various kinds of food for the brothers to taste. If this one does not please one of the brothers, I offer him another. Certainly one of them has to please him. St. Macarius watched the road until the devil returned and asked, how are you? The devil answered, why do you care how I am? The brothers were all rude to me, and none of them welcomed me. So St. Macarius is asking the devil. He went into the village to go with all these pots, offering them different types of temptations and sins. They all refused. So he comes back, and St. Macarius says, How was your day? He says, Why do you care how my day was? He's saying, How did everything go? Listen to this. He says, None of them welcomed me. Abba Macarius replied and said, You didn't make a single friend in the village? And the devil replied and said, I did make one friend there, and he obeys me. When he sees me, he comes running like the wind. His name is Theopentus. Abba Macarius got up and went to the monastery to find Theopentus, who received him eagerly and with joy. Abba Macarius tried to get Theopentus to confess his sinful thoughts. Imagine Abba Macarius is going into this desert. The great Abba Macarius and all the monks see Abba Macarius walking in, and they're like thinking that Abba Macarius is going to like enter into their cell, and they're going to talk to Abba Macarius and learn from him. And he says, "Guys, I need to find Theopentus." They're like, "Why do you need Theopentus?" He says, "I just want to speak to him." So he goes and finds Theopentus, and he says, "He was Theopentus was too ashamed to tell Abba Macarius the truth." So Saint Macarius said to him, "To this day, there's a Saint Macarius speaking. I have practiced asceticism." Many years, and everyone honors me. I'm an old man, but the spirit of fornication or sexual temptation still troubles me. So he's trying to get Theopentus to admit his sinful, his his sins that he's committed. So Abba Makarios says, "Hmm, how can I get it out of him?" So Abba Makarios says, "Me being an old man, I live such a holy life, and I'm still fighting with the sin of sexual temptation." And you know what Abba Theopentus says? Hey. Me too. Look at the humility of Abba Macarius. Believe me, Father, I too have this trouble. The old man, Abba Macarius, giving himself permission to speak, spoke of other thoughts that fought against him until Theopentis confessed. St. Macarius gave him ascetic practices to help him overcome his sin and said to him, If a thought comes to you, do not look down to it, but look upwards at all times and God will help you. So St. Macarius, look at his great pastoral love in caring for somebody. When he saw this monk who he knew had fallen in great sin, he's trying to get him to sin. He says, you know what? I struggle too. I struggle with sexual temptation. He's like, you? So do I, man. Like we're in the same boat. And St. Macarius says, you know what else? I get jealous of people. And I have envy. And I sometimes feel like um, afraid of the desert. I want you guys to learn this great lesson from Abba Macarius, that sometimes we need to open up the door for people to come back. And so I do this often when I speak to young people, speaking to teenage boys, and they're talking to Abuna, who in their eyes is like looks like the icons in the church. Okay, Abuna can't like I like I can't know my sins. He say, you know what? I was a teenage boy once. I know what it's like. I know what temptations face us as young men. I know what kind of things that we can come across on the internet. These things fight all of us. You say, you too? And all of a sudden you open up a door for somebody to feel like they're not talking with angels, but they're talking with humans. Look at the pastoral love that when he knew the devil had caused one of the monks to to, to sin. St. Macario said, what's his name? He said, Theopentus. He went after him and he cared for him. And he humbled himself before him. And this man began to confess. Listen to the rest of the story. On his way back, Saint Macarius saw that same demon and said to him, Where are you going? He said to Abba Macarius, I want to stir up the brothers' thoughts again. When he returned, the saint said to him, How would it go with the brothers? And the demon said to him, Badly. They were all rude to me. And the worst one was the one who was my friend Theopentus, and He used to obey me. I don't know why he changed only that he does no longer obey me but has become the rudest of them all do you see the great pastoral love of Ava macarius that now theopentus who has fallen in sin is now the rudest to the enemy he will not give in to his temptation there's another story of Ava macarius who after he went into the the inner desert After five years, he went into the inner desert, okay? And then when he went there, he saw a couple of monks. Two men in the midst of the beasts of the desert, and they were naked. I thought they were spirits, said St. Macarius. When they saw that I was shaking with fear, they said to me, Do not be afraid, we too also are men. I said to them, Where are you from, and why did you come to the desert? They asked me, how is the world and is the Nile rising on time? And is the world enjoying prosperity? I said to them, by the grace of God and your prayers. Then I asked then, how I could be a monk? Saint Macarius is asking these two spirits that he saw in the desert. How can I become a monk? So they said this. They said to me, if one does not renounce all worldly things, he cannot be a monk. I said to them, I am weak, I cannot be like you. They said to me, if you cannot be like us, Sit in your cell and weep for your sins. I asked them, when winter comes, don't you freeze? And when it gets hot, don't your bodies burn? They said to me, God has ordained this for us. We neither freeze in the winter nor burn up in the summer. This is why I told you, I have not yet become a monk, but I have seen monks. Saint Macarius, Macarius, the great lamp of the desert, said, I am not a monk, but I have seen monks. Look at his humility. What did they tell him? They said, if you cannot be like us, sit in your cell and weep for your sins. And then he went and did that. St. Macarius, what are you crying about? What, like, do you, do you have the sins that, that I have and all of us come? No. St. Macarius is on a whole different level. But you want to know what's beautiful about that? Is that St. Macarius being so great was aspiring for even more holiness. So they said, if you can't reach this level, go into your cell, weep for your sins, that you might become higher. I want to ask you, how many of you are content with your spiritual life? Oh, I'm good enough. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I'm great. I like, love my neighbor. I get along with my family. You know, I have, you know, I'm generous. All of these things. But what if God is saying, what if I want more of you? What if the goal is to become like Christ? So he's telling Macarius, go to your cell and weep for your sins. But St. Macarius, you're already the most amazing one in the desert. He says, no, there's more to attain. Are you struggling for more virtues? Maybe you used to judge and you no longer judge. Good for you. But maybe you can not just not judge the people that you judge, but you can love them. That's a whole other level. I need to struggle. So he says the way to struggle for this is to go and to weep for your sins. That will always keep you humble when you realize I might do this and this and this but it's still not enough. I have so much more to struggle. That's how we fight pride. Are you fighting for more in your spiritual life? How many of us think that I'm actually not that bad of a person. I'm a pretty decent human being. I'm fine. They're telling Macarius. Go and weep for your sins. Grow more. You still have not attained detachment from possessions and love of the world and a simple heart that when you deal with everybody, you have all of these conspiracies in your mind. Oh, she is trying to get at me and he wants me for my money and all these complex things in your mind, you don't have a simple heart. Strive for them. Where are you striving? Our church is constantly pushing saints to become more and more holy. The Bible says, be holy as I am holy. Isn't that what what it says about about us? That Jesus says, be holy as I am holy. It's so important that you yourself are growing. If you're not growing, you're not struggling. Go into your cell and weep for your sins. This is a command for you and for me. See, like, what am I going to weep over? Dig. You've been deceived that you're fine the way you are, that you're great and that you're a good enough husband, or you're a good enough wife, or a good enough mother, or a good enough father, or a good enough engineer, or a good enough deacon, or servant, or priest. There's so much more to attain. There's a a wonderful story. One time, St. Macarius was an old man, he was walking in the desert with his disciple. He said, He said, Go ahead of me and walk. And as the young disciple saw a pagan priest carrying a lot of heavy stuff, and he was whatever, so the the young disciple said, Where are you going, you demon? So this pagan priest who worshiped idols took this disciple and beat him almost to death. And then a little bit later, he's walking, the, the, the pagan priest is walking, and he finally reaches Abba Macarius, who was a little bit behind. And says, oh, you one who is so troubled and carrying so much, where are you going? He says, why are you talking to me with such kindness? He said, you should have seen what I did to that. There was another monk ahead of the road, and I beat him to like almost to death. Why? He says, because he said such a hurtful, wicked word to me. But you, in your kind word, gave me encouragement. Tell me about yourself. And so St. Macarius began to tell him about the way. And so this pagan priest ended up leaving uh, idol worship, became a monk, was baptized, and brought many other pagan priests into the faith. And this is what St. Macarius told his disciple. He says, One evil word causes other good words to be bad. Meaning, you might say many nice things. You're a monk, you're a spiritual person. One evil word causes all of your good words to be bad. But then he says this. And one good word causes other evil words to become pleasing. Like giving a kind word to someone. Can we be loving people? That this disciple said, Oh, you demon, where are you going? And he got a beating. St. Macario says, Oh, one who is troubled, where are you off to? Why are you struggling in vain? And he said, Why are you so kind to me? And he began to explain to him the way. How many good words do you offer to people? How many encouraging words do you have for your teenagers or for your uh, friends or for your person that is obnoxious in your friend group or your neighbor that is annoying? How many kind words do you have for others? He says one good word causes other evil words to become pleasing. Another story. Try not to go much longer. Six more minutes. St. Macarius gathered with a lot of disciples and says, "They said, how can we become not moved by the world? He says this, I want you to go, go to a cemetery, and I want you to look at all of the tombs, and I want you to curse the dead. So he went, found the cemetery, and began to say every type of curse word. And he came back to Abba Macarius and said, and what did they say to you? He said, nothing, they're dead. He says, okay, I want you to go now to the cemetery and go and praise all of the dead. Tell them all kinds of praises. So he went and started to say all these wonderful praises. And then they came back to St. Macarius. And he says, and what did they tell you? And he says, nothing. So he says, go and be like one who is dead, having no regard for people's contempt or their honors, and you can be saved. There's something in the Orthodox spiritual life, it's called... um, impassionate, having no passions. What does that mean? That something comes my way, you don't anger me. You praise me, you don't move me. Nothing moves me. This is the goal of the spiritual life. That we have all of these, you know, I see a woman and I'm tempted, or I see a whatever and I'm drawn to it. All of these things are passions. Okay, We're we're running after passions. So he's telling them, he says you need to become as one dead. That you get to a point where somebody insults you, No big deal. God bless them. God forgive them. Somebody praises you. Uh, They don't know the truth. I have a lot of sin in my heart. I'm not moved. Be unmoved by the words of men. Last thing. Abba Makarius one time asked and he said, I want to understand is there anyone greater in the desert than me here in the desert? And an angel appeared to them and said this. He said, Macarius, you have not yet reached the standard of two women in the city. On his arrival, he found the house and knocked at the door. So an angel took Abba Macarius from the desert into the city. Okay, so not in the desert. To two women, listen to their story. A woman opened it and welcomed him to her house. He sat down and called them to sit down with him. Then he said to them, It is for you that I have taken this long journey. Tell me how you live a religious life. They said, Indeed. How can we lead a religious life? We were with our husbands last night, meaning they, they were living a, a marital life with their husbands. Like, what are you talking about? But the old man persuaded them to tell him their way of life. So St. Macarius, he's a monk living in the desert, and he's talking to these two women, they're like, we were like, sleeping in bed with our husbands last night. What, what are you talking about? He says, there has to be something more about you. An angel brought me to hear your story. And they said, we are both foreigners in the world's eyes. We accepted in marriage two brothers, so two, two girls married two brothers. Today we have been sharing this house for 15 years. We do not know whether we have quarreled or said ru- rude words to each other. Imagine two women, let's just imagine two women living in the same house for 15 years with two brothers' husbands, okay? Is anybody paying attention to this? This is like not a cartoon, this is like real, okay? We don't even know if we've ever quarreled, quarreled or argued or said rude words to each other. But the whole of this time, we have lived peaceably together. We thought we would enter a convent and become nuns and asked our husbands for permission, but they refused it. So since we could not get this permission, we have made a covenant between ourselves and God that a worldly word, a worldly word shall not pass our lips during the rest of our lives. When Macarius heard it, he said, Truly, it is not whether you are a virgin or a married woman, a monk or a man in the world, God gives his Holy Spirit to everyone according to their earnestness of purpose. See, Macarius found two married women with children. And they would pick up each other. If one kid was crying, they would just grab any child and nurse them or change their diaper in complete love and humility. Like, we don't know which kid is ours. We just serve them all the same. And you're like, what? Amazing humility. God told him, told St. Macarius, these two women are better than you. There's hope for all of us. If we strive, okay, that you can even reach in what? What was the virtue here? To live in love. Simplicity. No personal agendas. No uh, uh, evil words to one another. No quarrels or no arguments. He says, these two women are greater than than Macarius in all of his prayers and fasting. May we learn the holiness of these great saints and follow after them. There's a book here called Saint Macarius, the Spirit Bearer. It's a beautiful book. It's a book about his sayings, his virtues, his life. If you want to learn more about Saint Macarius, he's a wonderful, wonderful saint that you can benefit so much from his life. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand up and pray.